This is Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the pastor of Harvest Worship Center in Tryon, Georgia. We'd like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. Every week, we try to broadcast our Sunday morning celebration that begins at 1030. This is the celebration of who Jesus is in our lives. We hope and pray that you will enjoy this message and that God will draw you closer to Him through it. Everything we can give Him. I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. We're wrapping up on a, the Ain't No Rock series. And uh, again, uh, I thought I was going to get through with it last week, but we'll get through when we get through. But it's, it's, it's near the end. Um, the reason... I'm kind of stuck on this is I feel like so many times we come into church and we're, we, we've got this preconceived idea of what we're going to do, how it's going to go, and the worst thing we can do is begin to try to make things predictable in our walk with God. God is not a God that is predictable, amen? How many's ever found that? He will go, how many's ever prayed for an answer and then the answer God brings is the right answer but it's nothing like what you were thinking? Amen. I've had that happen to me more times than I count. So finally, I've just got to, Lord, you know there needs to be an answer to this. However you want to do it, do it your way because it's going to be the right way when you do it. So this morning, I want to encourage you as we walk on through this uh, that you would just allow the Lord to speak to you. Um, there's, some, there's some things that are heavy on my heart that I want to kind of share with you. And again, uh, it this last part of this is about the famous, making Jesus famous in our life. Anytime something else takes the place of Jesus in our life, then that's, that's God saying, hey, if your praise is there, then I'm going to make a rock rise up because something's going to worship. Guess what? He's going to be worshipped. And the Bible actually says all of creation worships him. Amen? Uh, every day, you know, um, I, I, I love to be in the outdoors. I really do. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the outdoors is, is watching nature wake up. Um, it is. Just watching the sun come up, watching nature wake up, listen to the birds start to, to sing. And, and it's just an amazing thing to watch God's creation praising him. And, and, and you know, uh, that's not praise. That's just, you know, birds chirping. Look, all of creation was created for his glory, the Bible says, and it all praises him day and night. As a matter of fact, you find out that also, did you realize that creation saying a prayer? Paul said that they're crying out. The creation cries out for its redemption by fire, saying, make us new. Uh, sin has corrupted this world. I've seen some beautiful things in my life, have, uh, and, and I mean beautiful things. I, the Lord has privileged me. By age 22, I travel more, more of the world than most people will travel throughout their entire life. And in some of the parts of the world that the Lord allowed me to travel, I've seen breathtaking things. I mean, absolutely uh, could not even begin to describe to you the beauty of it. But in the midst of that, I saw the Lord being praised and honored. And listen... As beautiful as those things, I want you to think one moment, maybe if you've ever had a chance to go out to the Rockies or you've ever had a chance to, to you know, some of you, y'all are beach dwellers and you like the sand and all that good stuff and, and, and you like the sunrise or the sunsets and you look and you, you're like, it doesn't get better than this, it's so beautiful, it's so wonderful. I want you to know something, as beautiful a thing as you've ever witnessed, it's tainted with sin. It's been tainted with sin. Can you imagine when sin's removed from that vision and that view and you see it the way God intended it to be, how beautiful creation will actually be? 
Amen. Some of us, we don't even realize because we live in a, in, in a area of the country that's highly populated that, that the stars are an amazing thing. We see little specks here and there, but if you ever travel out west, you ever get out west, you will see why they call it the Milky Way. You will see why they call it that, because the stars, and you can imagine Abraham as the Lord speaking promises into his life. I can imagine, because there were no big cities with, with modern lighting and illumination. And he walks out into the door of his tent, and the Lord says, Look up, as the stars of the heavens, so will be your children. Think about that. I'll make of you a great nation. And so what he was beholding was untainted in the way even more so now because creation, by the way, is, is on its way down. It's not on its way up. And, I, and look, I, and, and I'm not against you. Look, I think we are caretakers of this earth and we should do a good job. Don't go throw your trash out the window and that kind of stuff. I think we should do a good job at that. But I'm going to tell you, we can't do a good enough job to redeem it. We can't get it back to where it was. It's still going to fail. It's a dying creation. But the news of the book is that God's going to make it new again. Amen? And, and the good news is, I, you know what? I wasn't around. Anybody old enough to say they was around when God created the heavens and the earth? Anybody? Um, I don't think anybody in the room is or, or online. I don't think they can time in. I was around. No, none of us were around when God did that. So we can just read about it and imagine the, how, how powerful that was. Imagine being present when he makes all things new again. We'll be present to witness that along with the angels of heaven. We will watch as the Lord takes this back down to its, its beginning and makes it new again. And we look and behold the wonders of this great God that we serve. And I'm going to tell you something. If you get just a glimpse of that this morning, why are you worried about whatever you're worrying about? Why are you troubled? If God can take all of those things, as a matter of fact, the book of Hebrews says, if he can take them up and fold them like an old sheet and disregard them and put a brand new one out, why are you worried about that? You know, everybody talks about the known universe. Well, it's, uh, you know, because there's so much unknown about it. I got news for you. God knows every square inch of the universe. He knows the beginning of it and the ending of it. He knows, guess what? He knows your beginning and my beginning. He knows my ending and your ending. I'm here to tell you, God knows everything everything that ever is to know and he wants us to be amazed at the glory that he is and the awesomeness that he is and realize he's here to help us on our journey amen now as we dive, we're diving into this talking about Jesus being the famous one we talked about uh, in John 7 verse 18 uh, it speaks of this right here it says the one who speaks of his own authority seeks his own glory but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true and in him there is no falsehood God is Jesus is declaring that it, it, in my look it's about my glory it's about me those who want glory those who want to steal the glory of God then they're going to get all all the reward they're ever going to get. I'm here to tell you, I, I, I'm glad when you tell me, hey, that's a great sermon, Pastor, or that really touched me. I need that encouragement. Look at somebody say, everybody needs a that a boy or a that a girl. Come on. Everybody needs that encouragement, and I appreciate it. So don't stop it. I love it when you encourage me by saying, hey, that was a good message. It hit, the, it hit home today or whatever. It challenged me. Um, I, you know, I love that, but I'm here to tell you, I crave more than ever to hear the words of Jesus one day say well done thou good and faithful servant that's what really counts and that's what's going to really matter when you get there is what he says not what people say 
Amen? So do the best that you can. And, and so we talked about that. We talked about what does the Lord require, and, and, and we shared uh, out of Micah 6, verses 6 through 8, and verse 8 says, And he told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Do, uh, but do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. I want to walk humbly before the Lord. How about you? I don't want to walk in arrogance or pride or, or, or be self-focused or self-centered. I want to walk with the Lord. How about you? I want to walk in his presence. And that brings me to John 16, where we're going to pick up today. John 16, verses 13 through 15 says, And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he speak, will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will, will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, the Trinity is not working against itself. It's working for the same purpose. It's working for the same thing. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit isn't out here doing its own thing. He says, no, the Holy Spirit is going to do those things which I have told you, and I'm just doing the things which the Father told me. So they're working in perfect unison with one another to accomplish the will and the purpose and the plan of God in your life and in the church. Aren't you thankful for that? It's not my will, not your will. It is God's will, God's plan that God is working towards. God does not want to share his glory in your life with anything or anyone. Are you following me this morning? He does not want to share his glory in your life with anything or anyone. He wants to be number one in your life. Now, if you're sitting by your significant other, whether it is a part-time person in the sense of it's your boyfriend or girlfriend, you're not married yet. But if you're married to him, you better, you know, this is a get some points time. I want you to look that person in the eye and say, you're not my everything. <laughs> Some of you chicken, you so chicken. Just look at say you're not my everything. You're not. God's my everything. Listen, you wouldn't have that person sitting beside you if it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for the goodness of the Lord, I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. God has blessed me to have my wife and my children, and I am thankful for that every single day. What God has blessed me with are you. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, I don't find my fulfillment in my wife and my children. I love them, but my fulfillment has to be found in Christ, and they are just a part of the blessings that God has given me in my life. Because if he fails to be number one, everything unravels. Everything unravels if he fails to be number one. And so I want the Lord to work in my life. The Holy Spirit is the one who is, who is, is instigating or planning or, 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 or putting into action the plan of God in our lives. In other words, Jesus said, I've got to go away, but when I do, I'm sending someone. I'm sending my spirit to assist you, to help you, to do what? Your own thing? No. To follow in the truth of him who died for you. I'm going to give you help in following me. How many of realize that it's hard to follow Jesus on your own? Amen. I'm telling you, it's hard for me to follow Jesus all on my own. But when I have the help of the Lord, something tremendous and amazing begins to take place when I realize that the Spirit of the Lord is with me. Somebody say, He's with you. 
Amen. He's watching over you. In other words, we need to hear what he says and we need to witness that to the world that is around us. I'm here to tell you, I think the reason a lot of churches are dying today is that they have abandoned the truth that God has told them to share in this world. Yes, I'm here to tell you, some people will never tolerate truth. Some people will walk away from truth. But I believe with all my heart, those who really love Jesus, he'll put a hunger in them that they want to hear the truth. They're not just satisfied with somebody giving them a pep rally on Sundays. By the way, if you want that, then we'll just, we got enough cheerleaders in the house. We'll bring them out and I'll go to the house. Come on. It's not about a pep rally on Sunday. It's about hearing the truth of God's word. Why? Because when the truth gets in us, it transforms who we are. It changes who we are. And I'm here to tell you, it makes us a better person in this earth to share the gospel of Jesus Christ when the truth gets in us. Amen. Amen. Uh, and again, let's, let's go a little bit further. Luke 11, 14, 11 says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Being alone with God, then presenting the truth to this world is what we're in need of. You see, it is those who dwell in the secret place with the Almighty. I want to dwell in the presence of the Lord. I think it was last week I shared with you one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is Joshua. I love the character of Joshua. Why? Because Joshua was a visionary in a generation that silenced his voice, that didn't want him to speak. He, he had a, a counterpart named Caleb. And if you realize, the first time the children of Israel approached the promised land, they were young men and they were sent to spy out the land. And when they came back and they said, listen... We were there and everything God said is true. Everything he said. And, and here's some of the fruit of the land, the clusters of grapes, the things that are there. It's truly a land that flows with milk and honey. It's rich. It's, 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 it's good for cultivation. We can grow crops there. We can feed our children there. It is a place to raise a family. It is everything God said it would be. But the, uh, the Bible says the other ten spies spoke up and said, but... And anytime you hear that, when somebody's sharing praise and then they put a, a but, uh, you just don't know, you better watch it because all of a sudden the glory of God is fixing to be stripped out of that situation. And that's what they did. They began to strip out the glory of God. They began to take away the glory of the Lord and said, it's everything God said it was, but he didn't tell you about the giants. He didn't tell you about the children of Anak because we were grasshoppers in their sights. We were small. We were tiny. We were insignificant. He didn't tell you about the fortified cities. You know, God told us about the good things, but he didn't, he didn't give us the full story. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon Joshua and Caleb, and they stood up in the midst of the people, and they tore their clothes, and they said, don't you get it? God didn't bring us here to perish, but he brought us here to conquer. We are well able to take this land. They're food for us. They're nothing for God. We can take it. And the Bible says the people became so enthroned and angry because of the voice of vision that they rose up to stone Joshua and Caleb and kill them. I'm here to tell you the church has killed the voice of vision too many times in the past. We can't afford to get to the banks of the, of the promised land and look and say, let's believe an evil report. I want to say with all confidence this morning, Harvest, we are well able to take the land. Amen. We're well able to do everything God said. 
let the, let the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says the spirit of Joshua came. What was that? It was the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit in their life that moved on them. The sad story is the children of Israel, because they wanted to kill the voice of, of, of vision in their life, God got angry. God got upset and he said, I'm done with it. I'm going to disinherit them. Every one of them will die save Joshua and Caleb and their families. Every one of them will turn into the wilderness and they will perish in the wilderness. And I want you to know, 40 years later, you know, we think of Joshua and Caleb as young men. Anybody older, over, over 40 in the house, you just praise God because you are Joshua and a Caleb. And I got news for you, Joshua was 90 years old when he gazed back again at the promised land. When he started leading the children of Israel, he was an old dude. That's very, a lot of confidence for some of us. God's not done with you. Amen. If you're sitting next to an old dude or an old dudette, say, God's not done with you yet. God can use you. God's not through. Some of y'all looking at people in their 20s. You're so old. Amen. I'm, I'm filtering. That's why I stopped. So anyway, let's go on. So what, what are you saying? Listen, so they, they wanted to stone the voice of silence or, or silence the voice of vision. And I'm here to tell you, as we look and see the future God has for us, we need to tune our ear towards heaven, and we need to hear what God is saying. Forty years later, after a whole generation's wiped out, including their leader, Moses, he didn't go. Joshua assumes the leadership of this nation and and because God said, hey, he's my guy. He's the one I've anointed to do this. So Moses passes the torch on to Joshua and Joshua at 80, approximately 90 plus years old stands at the bank of the Jordan River and I'm here to tell you it wasn't a we can or maybe we'll get, it was we gonna do this. We gonna do this. I'm here to tell you I believe God is raising up a generation of Joshua's and Caleb's that will not turn back, that will not be turned back by the voice of doubters and those who say it can't be done but they're standing and gazing at the promised land and they're saying oh we are well able let's go do what God has called us to do let's take it for God he's with us he's with us I've got news for you he is with you good gracious some of us need to know he is with just rub somebody on the back a little bit and say they're there it will be okay Come on, be a God-called encourager. Some of you we know are God-called encouragers in this house. So there, there, it will be okay. You can get through it. God is for you. Who can be against you? You know what? <laughs> the problem is we don't realize when we just don't get it when it says God is for us. Who is for us? I'm here to tell you the one that all of hell cannot stop, the one that the grave couldn't hold down, the one who was victorious on the third day, walked out, re resurrected in power by the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? I'm saying that's the one that is for us, the one who strolled through the halls of hell and looked at the devil and said give them back what did he want back the keys to death hell and the grave that's who's for you today why do we get so fearful good gracious the devil flexes his muscles and some of us run the problem is some of us were being owned by our past we're being owned by our failures and I'm here to tell you you do have to own what you've done you do you gotta own what you've done 
But I'm here to tell you, it does not have to own you. I'm not proud of my failures. I'm not proud of my past. But I'm here to tell you, I own what I did. I have to take responsibility for my mistakes. But I stand here today, not owned by it, but it is under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm free from that thing. You will never go into the promised land anchored in the past. Anchored in the failures of the past. You know the biggest church killer? We tried that. It doesn't work. We tried that. Well, maybe we tried it the wrong way. Maybe we tried it in the flesh and not in the spirit. Maybe we tried to accomplish it by our own power and our own might. When the word of God declares it, it's not by might. I'm going to just preach this morning, if that's okay. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by the spirit, says the Lord. I'm here to tell you, some of us need to get a hold of the Holy Spirit and then go out and do what he's told us to do. We might see some accomplishment if we start walking with the spirit. Amen. Quit trying. You know what? Those who walk with the Spirit, they're very cautious that the glory's never pinned on them. You got somebody that's ready to accept the glory, you better be careful following that person. Because I'm here to tell you, if it's about the famous one. It is about when we get to hell, oh, I can't wait. When we get to, well, I can wait because I don't want to die right now. But when we get to heaven, oh, I'm just being truthful. How many want to go right now? Okay. You want to go, but you would like to live a little longer. Come on. When we get to heaven, I'm going to tell you, some of us are going to be blown away, and we're going to be shameful of one thing, that we fail to see God as the victor he is, as the power that he is in our lives. I'm here to tell you, folks, we are allowing the enemy to bully us around. Who likes a bully? Nobody. Thank you, Pam. She tell me that. I love that lady. Some of y'all need to get near her. If you talk at me, I preach faster. She's figured it out. Sit there. Praise the Lord. What she said. I love what I do. Thank you, Jesus. We need the direction of the Holy Spirit as we move forward. We need to learn to walk in the authority of Him who sent us. Oh my goodness. Walk in the authority of Him who sent us and not the authority of ourselves. And we need to be careful that God receives glory for everything God does. Amen? As a matter of fact, I think we should err in caution. What do you think? that we need to make sure we do a little more overboard than maybe we should. As a matter of fact, I think maybe we should just give God credit for everything that happens in our life that's good. And then, guess what? Maybe we need to give God credit for what He's going to do, what? With the evil things that come our way. Why? Because though He's not the author of evil, what is the Bible? We just sang about it. You take what the enemy... Everybody's like, get the evil. And you turn it for good. Golly, help us, God, get a hold of this. Help us get a hold of this. That you don't have to be subject to him, to the enemy. But God is in control of my life. Oh, that doesn't mean I'm immune to things coming my way. They're going to come. 
But guess what? If God be for us, who can be against us? He's on my side. Oh, my goodness. We need to get a hold of that, church. If we're going to take the promised land, we need to get a hold of that. That brings me to a story I'm going to share with you this morning in Luke chapter 7. The Lord kind of directed me here. Pride exalts its natural ability or man's authority. Did you know that? Pride will do that. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. God help us. Oh, God help us. Man's strength, man's knowledge, man's accomplishments, man's cleverness, man's education, all of that will destroy him if he doesn't give God the credit. Amen? All right, this is for all of our, if you don't participate, I'm going to pull you up on this stage, so help me, Lord is my witness. This is for all of you that are in college or all of you that are in school of any kind, public school. If you are a smarty pants, you got good grades, just kind of raise your hand. We need to pray for some of y'all. Oh my goodness, there's more of you than that. You got good grades. Don't be ashamed of that. You got good grades. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. I graduated high school, thank the Lottie. So, and college. <laughs> it's true. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, look, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're smart, you're not smart because one day you woke up and said, I'm going to be smart. You're not smart because of your DNA, regardless of what scientists will tell you. You are smart. Hey, I know some of the smartest kids in the world got some of the dumbest parents. It's true. You ever seen ugly people have beautiful babies? That's a mystery. I'm going to share the truth. It's a mystery. I walk by the mall, and I'm like, and somebody introduced me to their kids, and I'm, they walk away, and I'm going, how did that happen? You know you want to laugh at that. It's all right. You can laugh in church. It's not a sin. Matter of fact, I think the world needs to see us being real. It's a mystery. <laughs> Boy, I didn't mean to go there. Anyway, I really didn't. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, listen, if there's something good in your life, it wasn't passed on to you like you may think. Now, I'm not against, I know science plays in, and I'm not saying science. No, I believe science actually testifies of the glory of God. I really do. True science testifies of the glory of God. But what I'm trying to say to you is that if you're smart and you got talents, you got abilities, how many of you would love to sing and you can't sing a lick, but your kids can? Oh, <laughs> You're a little quick. <laughs> I mean, I pick on Darcy. I love Darcy to death. But Darcy, she can't clap. She just, she'll tell you that. She's got, you know, a clap dysfunctional disease there. She just can't do it. She says she tries. She wants to. That's why she likes forward conference. It's so loud it doesn't matter if she's offbeat. You know, something like that. She, it's true. She knows. We pick at her about that a lot. 
What are you saying? My kids have abilities and talents that they didn't get from, our, from me and Tina. Because it's God's giftedness in their lives. It's God's giftedness in your life. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying let's give God credit and God glory for the things that he has done in our life. So if you smart, you talented, you got gifts in different areas, it's not because of you. It is because of the famous one. It's because of the name that is above every name. It is because of Jesus. Give him credit for what he's done. Praise him for it. Worship him for it. And more importantly, use it for him. Use it for him. If he's given you that, use it for him. You know what? Where is he at? Oh, it's your turn. What did I tell you a while back when you started, before you started singing on praise team? Go do all these shows in town. Every stranger in the world know you can sing, but you won't sing in your own church. I got on his case. If I can't do it for the glory of God, I better be careful because I may lose it. Amen? If I can do it for the world... Come on, church. I'm preaching some good stuff this morning. Where are you, Pam? Thank you. If I can, listen, if I can do it for the world, why can't I do it for the glory of the kingdom of God? Why can't I praise him with it? Why can't I honor him with it? Why am I so shy about getting up in front of my family and showing that God has given me abilities and talents for his glory, and, I, and, and then I'll go do it in the world? Give it to God. Let him use it for his kingdom. You don't know who you might touch. Let's go to this story and then we're going to wrap up. Luke 37 verse 36 says, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, who, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his, at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet and, and her tears and, with her tears and wipe them with her hair, uh, uh, the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to him, Is this man, uh, if this man were a prophet, see he's questioning Jesus' authority, he would have known who it was and what sort of woman it was touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Well, are you catching that? He's thinking it, Jesus is knowing it. By the way, you think it, Jesus still knows it. He's thinking it, Jesus knows it. And he says, Simon, I got something to say to you. Listen to Simon's answer. Say it, teacher. Woo, you better be ready if you tell Jesus something like that. Just say it. What's on your heart? Anybody ever ask somebody just to tell them what they were thinking and not ready for what they heard? Okay, be careful with that. A certain money lender, Jesus goes on to say, had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, another 50. And when they could not pay it, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, who, he, who uh, he canceled the larger debt. And he answered him and said, you have judged, judged rightly. And then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has, oh my goodness, listen to what I'm reading to you. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss 
from the, from, from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I, say, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I want you to know something this morning. The, later on, we, you know, it's referred to in the King James Version and, and several other versions of the Bible as the alabaster box. And later on, it's questioned and said, you know, this ointment could be sold. It could be used to, to feed the poor. It could be done like this. I want you to know something this morning. You don't know what somebody's carrying into this door, these doors every day. You don't know. And so sometimes it's easy to sit back and judge the way somebody worships or the way somebody praises God. You're like, you just don't take all that. You don't have to be that crazy and worship God. Well, you may not have to be that crazy, but you don't know the cost of the oil in that person that is being crazy because where much is forgiven, Mm. where much is forgiven, much praise is given in return. I don't know about you, but there's things in in my flask of oil you don't know about. There's things in my life that you don't know about, and others look. And when we bring that to Jesus, Jesus doesn't look that look at that and say you sinner. He looks at it as just saying, "I'm just going to give it all to you." I'm going to tell you right now. I think feet are nasty. Come on. And back in Bible days, they were really nasty because they wore open-toed shoes and they didn't have sidewalks like we have sidewalks most of the roads they were they were Roman roads were good but the back roads they were dusty and they would walk and and it was a courtesy to wash someone's feet when they come into your house but you always had a servant do that it was a courtesy to let them refresh themselves with with oil because the oil would be scented it would take away <laughs> they lived in the desert you ought to know what it'd take away Amen. But he says, Simon, from the moment I walked in here, you had no water for my feet, but she's used her tears. From the moment I walked in here, you didn't give me a a greeting, a traditional greeting of a kiss, but she's not ceased to kiss my feet. You gave me no anointing for my head, but she has broken this precious ointment over my head. And anointed me. You don't know the cost of the oil. Some of us, we've been forgiven of a lot of things in this room. And people have no idea. And sometimes they don't ever need to have an idea. It's between us and the Lord. There's a time to share things and a time not to. Amen, Pastor. There's a right setting to share certain things and there's the wrong setting. But I'm going to close this a little bit differently today. And I want us just for a moment to close our eyes in this building, just for a moment, all of us that will, just for a moment. And I want you to think about what you've been forgiven of. I want you to think about, and you say, I haven't been, that today God can set you free. Today God will forgive you if you'll let him. 
But I want you to think about all those things that we want to just forget about, but, but they're in our, our, our bottle of oil. They're in our life. I want you to think of how he has forgiven you. When nobody looking around one at a time, if you got something to praise God about for that, I mean, you, much has been forgiven. As you feel led, I just want you to begin just to stand. Just to stand. Just to stand. Much has been forgiven. Much has been forgiven. If that's you in this room today, let praise be unbridled. Let your worship flow freely. Now before they start singing and we get excited, I wonder if there's somebody in this room that's saying, Pastor, I'm ready to I'm ready to break open my box before God. I'm ready to pour out my life before Him. And you say, that's a lot, Pastor. I want you to know this. He was broken and spilled out for you on Calvary's cross. And He's saying, I can take what has been been haunting your life that you kept from everyone else and I can take it and forgive it in an instant if you'll let me if there's somebody in this room that needs that this morning I want you don't wait on somebody else you say but people are standing they're in my way they'll understand say hey please politely I want to ask you can I get by you I need to go to the altar I need to pray this morning I need God to do something in my life come on if that's you don't wait on somebody else oh there's a lot of people in this room I'm going to tell you almost everybody stood saying I got much to praise God about because he has forgiven me much. I'm here to tell you God's ready to do that. Somebody in this room right now needs to respond. You want God to forgive you this morning. You want God to do a work in your life this morning. I'm here to tell you, ain't no rock ever going to take this woman's place. Jesus said from this point on, they'll read about this thousands of years later. They'll talk about what this woman did for me. They'll, they'll, she'll be a testimony throughout all history, all time of what she did for me. And guess what? 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the woman who walked up in the middle of religion and showed that she needed a relationship. You see, because the Pharisees, they all were about church. They wanted it to be just right. Every I dotted, every T crossed, they wanted it neat. They wanted it clean. But all of a sudden, this woman who was in need of Jesus, she busts up in the middle of church and says, I don't need your religion, but I need your Jesus. And always and forever will the religious scorn that. They'll look down on that. They'll belittle that. But those of us that know the power and the forgiveness of Jesus will celebrate it We'll celebrate it with them. Is there one this morning who is ready to give everything to the one who gave all to him, young and old in this room? Is there one this morning? Folks, I'm going to keep preaching this way. I hope you're ready. It ain't going to let up because we, I'm telling you, there's people lost in this room every Sunday morning, and I don't know why they're not breaking free to come to the altar, but I'm here to tell you we're, we're making a path. And we're saying, here, we'll join with you. Those who have been redeemed, is there one this morning that needs that this morning? There's one in this room that's saying, I need the forgiveness of Jesus 
in my life. Maybe you're in this room and you don't think you can be forgiven. I'm going to tell you, the devil has lied to you. He has lied to you. I, I don't think he can do it. I'm here to tell you that's because you're thinking with your mind and not having faith in the words of Jesus that whosoever will, what is conviction? It is coming to the point that I know i got to have Jesus and that I can't fix myself. I'm here to tell you, if you'll take a step of faith, Jesus will meet you this morning. I just feel like holding on just for a moment longer because I feel like there's somebody in this room. You're wrestling with some things. You're wrestling with it. And a liar, I stand against you of a lie that you cannot be forgiven. He is a liar. I stand against him in the name of Jesus. I rebuke him. I rebuke that thinking because Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you, and if you'll come to him, he'll forgive you. You don't know what I've done. I don't really care because Jesus died for it. Jesus died for it. Fell in the blank. I did such and such. Jesus forgave it if you'll come and accept it. Just a moment longer. Just a moment longer. And I'm going to tell you something. You want to know what conviction is? Conviction is, shut up, preacher. Let me get out of here. That's conviction speaking in your life. If you're trying to find a way out, if you're just wanting things to end, God's dealing with you. Don't mistake what's going on in your mind. I just wish you'd let up so I could feel better. I'm here to tell you I'm going to let up because I want you to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. Jesus is in this room. He's ready to save somebody if they'll come forward. I don't want to go by myself. Don't go by yourself. Take somebody by the hand. Say, come with me. I need to pray. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? On behalf of Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for listening and worshiping with us today. For more information, please visit our website at tryinhwc.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to invite you to come and experience the presence of the Lord with us in person. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. Our morning celebration and evening celebrations are every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Wednesday night is Worship in the Word night. We have classes for every age beginning at 7 p.m. We look forward to meeting you.